when you learn to live life on your own terms, when you create a life for yourself where you decide how much you make, you decide what your opportunities are, it is incredible. This is what it means to be a human, is to live life on your own terms, to create your own reality. Everybody wanna get the bag, but y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue gems, glad to show you the way. Cause we talk finance and amortizing and anything it takes to get real estate. Dropping blue gems, AG dropping blue gems, new podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go. Let's go. Back with another episode of the Blue Gems podcast. Um, today we are live from Las Vegas. We just left the uh, Clever Summit 2022, and we are here with Munif. Munif, thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the both of you. Man, Munif Saza, bro. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having you, man. Um, let's dive deep or shallow into a quick <laughs> story about how you got into real estate, what you're up to now, and all that good stuff. Cool. Um, where do I begin? Uh, maybe I can begin a couple of years ago, 2019. I read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Ooh, there it is. That's Miyazaki, the, the goat. Miyazaki. That is the, yeah. the book, yeah. the goat. I read the book just after buying a condo for myself as my primary. And like in the first chapter of the book, they talk about how your primary residence is actually not supposed to be your greatest investment. We think it is, but it's not. It's not an asset because it's not generating you income. And I remember reading that line and going, oh my gosh, how can I be so stupid to buy this <laughs> condo? I just bought a giant massive liability. And while I was pondering this, um, they, the, the legacy elite um, education, uh, rich dad, poor dads, they've got this mentorship for real estate. They were touring my town. So I went and checked them out and they blew my freaking mind. It was incredible. I learned about lease options. I learned about wraps. I learned about all kinds of crazy things. And I just thought, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way this is true. There's no way you can make this kind of money in real estate. There's no way. I come from an engineering background, right? I was making six figures at that time. And I thought that's how you make income. You trade your time, you, you get a salary job and your income is dependent on your pay. It's dependent on your salary, what somebody else, a company negotiates with you. And if you were to start your own company, you really have to have either a really good idea or be a CEO of an existing company. I thought that's how you get into business. I had no idea you could just get into real estate using very little money or very little resources. I know this, I thought it was a lie, but they sold me on this dream. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a, a good, uh, you know, situation to be in and, and find it quick into your real estate investing journey, you know? so. Um, that limited belief, I think, is common for all of us. Mm -hmm. I know it was something that, you know, struck me at first, like only rich people can invest right. in real estate, you know? 100%. So, yeah, man. Um, so what's the next step? So like once you got into real estate, mm -hmm. you read that book, what was the first investment? What, the first investment was 
the investment into my education. So I spent about $40,000 for their mentorship program. And I signed on to a few other mentorships for the next two years and I made no money. Jeez. I didn't make any money. I bought virtual assistants. I bought um, flyers, mailers, uh, pay-per-click ads, and I made no money. So I ended up spending sixty to $70,000 on a salary W-2 paycheck. I had to take a second mortgage on my property uh, wow. on that condo I bought to pay, pay the bills. And it didn't come down to a lack in the mentorships and the education necessarily. It came to a lack in my understanding that in real estate wholesaling, the skill set you need, the most important skill set, is the ability to close a deal on the phone. This you must have. I didn't have this. I thought most of the skill came from underwriting deals, analyzing markets, pulling lists. And when I had a seller to talk to, I thought if I present the seller seven, eight, ten options, I would be making myself different from everybody else and they would go with me. This is not the case. I had no basic sales skills. And this is why I failed. I, I never made money for two years until I joined Sub2, Pace Morby's Creative Financing Mentorship. And I knew it was the last one I would ever join, not because I knew I'd be successful, but because it was done. If this didn't work, I'm done. I'm out. That's Business fair. isn't for me. Yeah, two years. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. 70K at that point. Yeah. That's yes. a lot of money. It was a lot of money. And um, my business partner, Eric, believed in me. He was like, let's do it. Screw it. And if we go out, we go out. And something they had in Pace Morby's group is role playing, where they uh, you role play as a seller, someone role plays as a buyer, and you practice your negotiating. And I remember thinking, man, I really need to get into this role play that they do every morning. And I got in and for the first week, I was so nervous to get on. I just didn't even get on. Like, like you have to raise your hand in the Zoom. I didn't even raise my hand because I was so nervous to just role play in front of 50, 60 people. So the second week I made a promise to myself and that promise was, bro, you've spent $70,000 on education. You just spent another $10,000 on this education and you're not even going to participate. You're not even going to try. So true. If you do not raise your hand every single day until they teach, they ask you to teach here, you should just quit real estate for good. And since then I raised my hand every single day until they asked me to teach there, which I do now on Thursdays. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Inspiring. Beautiful for sure. story for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, I'm in, I'm in the sub two mentorship for everyone's out, out there. You know, we just had Noah on. Uh, Munif is in there as well. Uh, these guys are crushing it. They're really, you know, the pioneers inside of sub two. Um, everyone kind of knows you as a closer, right? Um, what you've done and how you represented sub two, that, that entire community, I think. I'm going to say it for everyone, including myself. We're really proud of you and what you've Thank accomplished, you. man, and, and how you've you know handled yourself in that closer Olympics. Can you tell us a little bit about you starting to raise your hand all the way to finishing the closer Olympics and yeah. how that journey was? Yeah, that's a really good question. And thank you for that. 100%, man. Thank you. So 
my first day I raised my hand, I was so nervous. I wanted to throw up. Like, like I had so much anxiety, like I was shaking. Wow. And this is just a role play. I mean, it's just in front of your other students, right? But no, I'm being highlighted. There's like 70 people watching me. And I've been doing this business for two years. And I knew that I couldn't, I didn't know how to have a basic conversation with a seller. And there was a lot of like emotions and mixed feelings associated with that. But I still did it. And I remember getting on the role play, pretending to call a seller and going, hey, this is Munif. Do you want to sell your house? I was so nervous that when the role play student gave me a little bit of pushback, I hung up the phone. Wow. I hung up the phone. I go, yeah, you're right. Maybe we're not a good fit. And I just hang up the phone. And the coaches were so incredible. They were so encouraging. They they teased me a little bit. Manif, we can't hang up the phone on our sellers, but I, I know you're nervous. Thank you for trying. Um, come back again tomorrow. And I did. And I went back the next day and the next day and the next day. And I wrote notes and then I implemented my notes and I made seller calls. I called other people, sellers for them for free. I said, hey, I just want to get good at the skill set. Get Bring me your sellers. I'll do your follow-ups. You don't have to pay me. I just want to, I just want the opportunity to talk to real people in situations. That's all I wanted to do. And so I would take notes. It was from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Every morning we do the role plays. I'd go in, raise my hand, practice, take my notes, write my note cards, look at them, review them. I'd rehearse. I felt like a method actor rehearsing lines. I would rehearse my lines. I'd rehearse in the shower when I was driving, when I was doing dishes, I'd I'd just rehearse uh, just basic sales responses, responses to rebuttals. And I would talk to people, sellers for them. I did this for months and months and months and months until I established a little bit of a reputation for closing deals within the community. Fast forward six months, somebody in the community says, Manif, there's this closers Olympics competition where you close real sellers on the phone live in front of thousands of people. You you get placed with a seller, somebody who maybe raised their hand or typed up you know, on a website that they want to sell their house for cash. And they connect you with this person, this real person with a real hat, uh, a house uh, somewhere, anywhere in the country. And they connect you and you have 30 minutes to get a signed contract. And I didn't want to do it. I was too nervous. But Pace freaking Morby my mentor, our mentor, volunteers me to this competition, calls everybody out. He says, my student, Munif Saza, I bet you guys $10,000. He'll place top three in this sales competition. And there's no way I could have backed out then. And I find myself in this competition that uh, the host didn't necessarily even want me in. They wouldn't let me, they wouldn't just put me in the competition. They made me do these role plays to try out uh, and then do round one. I had to go against people to make it to round one and uh, I'll make it short. Uh, I play second in the competition. My man, amazing. Legend. That's awesome. Thank you. So much growth during that time. Wow. It was scary. Uh, They asked me if I want to come back this year and I don't think I will. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm I'm an introvert, baby. (laughs) Uh, I don't so, like all that attention. You know, you had a lot of failures and putbacks in, in that journey. 
how has that translated to the success that you're having? Do you really attribute that skill set to all the success you've had so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Because I'm not afraid of anything. Like going through and facing my fears of like literally pushing myself when I'm at the point where I want to throw up. Yeah, that's big time. Right. Like I, and that didn't go away after like a week or two. Like that went away after three months, like every day wow. for three months. Like, guys, I'm an introvert. Like, if you see me on stage, if you see me at networking events, throwing events, speaking engagements on my streams, this is me pushing past my comfort zone. I'm an introvert. If you see me at a party, I may be talking to one or two people. I I don't get energy from um, talking to a bunch of people, being gregarious, being extroverted. I'd rather just talk to one or two people. Like a setting like this, I'm very comfortable here because it's just us here. We're just having a conversation, right? Doing uh, live seller calls in front of thousands of people where you're being judged by, <laughs> you know, a uh, chat. This a lot is, of eyeballs on oh that one. Oh my goodness, this stresses me out. Love it, love it. So um, I want to pivot just a little bit. Yeah. Um, what would you have integrated into your business right now, knowing what you know now? What's the... F- Thing that you would have added sooner um, to you know expedite the process depends on which business so my let's say my wholesaling business let's do it um but i would implement this is i love this question is a sales manager sales manager sales manager outsource right away right just somebody and this will it's very difficult to find a good sales manager this is like right. very so if it's if you're asking what's a very quick person, quick thing to outsource would be cold callers. Very quick to outsource. But what's going to get you from a six-figure a year business to a seven-figure a year business is a really good sales manager. And right now, I, like we didn't have a dedicated sales manager in my business. And I realized that um, it was so important. So I partnered with a very experienced sales manager and me and him are sales managing my wholesaling business right now. Love it. Love it. And what are some of the things that you guys are doing? Like what is the responsibility of a sales manager? That's a great question. So a sales manager, it's different. Every sales manager feels like, you know, some people like to micromanage. Some people don't. Everyone's a little different, but their deliverable is conversion. Like are these leads being converted? by our people there. It's like getting results through other people as a sales manager can't get on the phone and make every call. Their job is to get results through their people. And a good sales manager does this by not micromanaging. Every salesperson is a little bit different on how they manage their leads. I used to think that I need to track my salespeople's Uh, KPIs, key performance indicators very, very closely. I need to track how long are they on the phone, how many dials they're making. No. What I'm learning from my partner, Eyal, who's a very seasoned sales manager, 30 years of experience, is you don't micromanage your team. You meet with your team every day and talk about the hot prospects they're working on. And if they don't have any hot leads or hot prospects, it means something else is wrong and you can you can diagnose that, but they should have, given the volume of leads that are, that are being generated, they should have a handful of hot leads every day. And you can talk through those and coach them through those and role play with your team or 
hop on a phone call, have your teammate listen and coach through these hot prospects. And that way you have a, a temperature of the business. And that's what drives revenue is those hot leads. That's what drives revenue. And so you briefly mentioned, you know, your engineering background. Were you working full time during that story or yes. when did you pivot to real estate full time? So that's a great question. So I've had a full time job as a cybersecurity engineer for, uh, let's just call it a government agency. I, I've had that full time day job since January of 2022. I, I literally quit this year. I congrats wow. congratulations thank bro thank That's you thank huge. you but uh, freeing bro you have yes. you have your time back now you know not yes. trading time for money yeah like you said it's, congrats, it's like bro. thank you seriously thank you and like this whole time all this whole story i had a full-time job right it was there was a lot of pressure like i had to work i had to train for the closed olympics i remember during the closed olympics i took vacation days to attend to this event i was wow. the only person the only competitor who had a full-time job that wasn't real estate, but even more impressive, man. That's right. crazy. Thank yeah. you. Insane. It's, um, it taught me focus. I didn't, I didn't do others. I didn't do Airbnbs then. I didn't do flipping. I didn't do all this other stuff. I just focused on the skill set of talking to sellers. That's why I was able to do what I did. And you said something earlier. You, you said how freeing it was. Oh my gosh. Like, I, I wish I could communicate this to everybody watching or listening. When you learn to live life on your own terms, when you create a life for yourself where you decide how much you make, you decide what your opportunities are, it is incredible. There is, you feel like, you feel like you weren't living life as a human and now you've learned to live life as a human. This is what it means to be a human is to live life on your own terms, to create your own reality. That's what leaving has taught me. Wow, that's, wow. that's, that's, that's powerful. Impactful, man, for sure. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I mean, Aiden is on his journey to, you know, he's right around the corner. You know? I got one leg in, one leg out. I was like that. And it's tough because I'm doing the same thing. I took vacation days mm -hmm. to go to Clever Summit, right? And it's like, how many things can you juggle at one time? And, you know, for me, it's not about the money at this point because I've been able to make money in real estate and doing mm -hmm. everything else. But it was that I created a plan for myself, you know, four or five years ago where I said I would own X amount of real estate and I would leverage my W-2 income before leaving. Mm -hmm. And I just want to fulfill that plan for myself because I already mapped it out, you know, for 2023 would be the exit strategy. And I mm -hmm. kind of just want to ride it out till the end. That's a good plan. Yeah. The, like I had something a little similar and what really because I, I was going to follow a, a plan i had set for myself <laughs> but my w2 what they did is um we had new management come in and half of our staff left mm. and they wanted me to fulfill multiple roles with the same pay mm. now any free time i would have had because i work from home we get like some free time um, i have my responsibilities that i'm you know on the hook for and outside of that, I have a lot of flexibility or I had a lot of flexibility and they wanted to take that from me, not give me more pay. I said no. And they threatened to fire me. I said, I quit. I'm done. I'm not doing this. So I had a plan and it just got accelerated. 
But Aiden, I will tell you, not only do I not regret leaving, man, I am like asking, I ask myself, man, why didn't I leave sooner? I am making more money a month than I was making a year at that job. It's incredible. I can't wait. I believe it. I can't wait till you quit, bro. I know. Me too, bro. He, he's telling me every, every month. I respect his goal. You know, yeah. I, I think that's really admirable about his Same. personality, you know, to stick through it. And yes, even when it's really tough. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. Too, I'm excited. So. It's getting harder and harder too, right? Because you start to miss some opportunities. Like it's like, how many conferences can I go to before your job is like, okay, are you even working here anymore? It's right. like, how many vacation days can you take? And it, it's sort of like, well, maybe it doesn't make sense anymore. But but like you guys mentioned, I think I just want to stick to it. And yeah. then, you know, when I finally get to the opportunity, it'll be that more, you know, satisfying. Right, yeah. right. And I think there's something admirable about making a plan for yourself and sticking to it. Yeah, right. that's that's no, yeah. tough, you know, that's a tough feat to, to follow through, you know, yeah. especially with so much distractions and opportunities and whatnot. So um, 100%. Munif, I want to talk about routines and mindset, mm -hmm. you know, um, you strike me as someone that, you know, to do what you've accomplished, what you've done so far. And like you said that you're just, you're not afraid of anything pushing mm -hmm. through over and over again. You know, it takes you three weeks. You still have that feeling of throwing up. Mm -hmm. That takes a certain set of mindset. What type of routines do you have? Like routines in your life, um, you know, mindset rituals or routines that you've implemented I would love to, you know, learn about that stuff. So I love that question. This is something I don't get to talk about too much. I do gratitude meditation. Love it. Same. This is, you, you understand. So 100%. Um, for those listening that don't maybe understand or know about it, anytime I feel overwhelmed or stressed, even like a little bit, I meditate on every everything I have in my life currently. And I meditate and, and, and from a place of gratitude. Like both my parents are alive. My parents are healthy. I have a good relationship with my family. I'm not cold, hungry, starving. I have a roof over my head. I have drinking water. Like I have an amazing girlfriend. I have the best friend anybody could ask for. I get to hang out with cool guys like you. Like, come on, like what, like what else do I want? I'm actually living my dream life right now. I don't have all the money in the world like that I want to make, but that's just fun. Like the money is the game. Like I'm playing a game. I can't get wrapped up in it. A deal goes south. That's part of the game. This is the fun in it. Yep. And like, I have everything I've ever wanted right now. And that is my meditation. So like, how can, how can anything phase me? Right. Yeah. This is the one of my mindsets. The second one I do is, I'm, I meditate on the fact that I can lose everything, everything I have. I can lose my house, my friends. My, I can literally lose everything. And this is more spiritual. I can lose everything and it will be okay. There is no catastrophe, really. I mean, truly short of, uh, God forbid, something happening to my family um, or some something to my health. Even then, in those cases, in some spirituality, I will still be okay. And coming from a place of uh, being able to let go, practice the art of detachment, um, you don't give fear a, set, a place to root. You don't give fear an opening. 
Love it, man. Yeah. Powerful. Sounds uh, similar to stoicism a little bit. Yeah. Just to some capacity. Yeah. Marcus yeah. Aurelius is. There you go. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm a Seneca man myself. You like Seneca? Yeah. I yeah. love Seneca. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a man. But love that, bro. Um, let's see. Really inspiring story so far, but I, w- I would be interested in learning about where you are today in your portfolio and then, you know, walk us through from 2019 until 2022 in that regard. Yeah. So 2019 to 2021, nothing. There's no. It was just negative. I just spent money, 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 money. Um, my it was, it was so funny. Like Pace Morby, my mentor, our mentor actually, he gave me a challenge in 2021, literally like a little bit before the closers Olympics, about fall 2021, to own one Airbnb, own one Airbnb before the end of the year. And I thought that was impossible. I was mm-hmm. like, "There's no way. It's like the fall." I'm practicing for the close of the Olympics. This is impossible. I, I always had this mindset, like I really need to make a lot of money in my wholesaling company before I could own real estate. I, I should sell my assets, sell my opportunities to people before I can keep them because I don't have any money. I was dead wrong. And that was a mindset issue I had to fix. That was a limiter I placed on myself that I had to break. I bought three before the end of the year. Love it. We own about, I think, seven. I think we're at six and we just got under contract to buy a seventh one. So Noah and I, if Amazing, this, yeah, we own about seven right now. Amazing. And we want 30 by the end of the year. This is what we want. Um, actually, we own more than seven because we just bought a five unit in Dallas. So I'm losing count of how many we're getting. It's <laughs> a good problem to have. <laughs> this bro. is a great That's problem. That's a great problem to have for sure. So like what one thing, and it, like one thing about my business that I love the way I, I set it up is, is upfront contracts. I set upfront contracts with my business partners for every existing venture and every new venture I establish. And it's something like this. Hey, I'm really good at finding deals, finding money, or finding human resources. I'm really good at those three things. Leverage me to the best of our ability deals, money, or resources. Outside of those three, I will actually make a bigger mess if I'm involved. If you involve me in paperwork, I will make a mess of things. If you involve me in logistics, operations, management, I will make a mess. I will actually be a detriment to the business. But if we need to find deals, if we need to find private money or human resources, we need talent, I will go bring these things. This is my upfront contract. So I partner strategically with people who can do everything else. This is why I lose track of how many houses we are owning. The right way to do it. It's interesting though, because your background is in engineering. So did you always have that skill set, or did you completely change from operations to more of a personable skill set? That's such a good question. That's so freaking smart. So my background is in engineering because I thought you had to do these things to make money. Mm. My talents have always been with people. This is this has been my talent since I was a baby. But you know, I've been blessed with a calculating mind. I can do numbers, I can think a certain way. But this kind of work doesn't give me joy. I don't get any joy from crunching numbers or building systems. Um, in very rare cases, I like it. If I'm really interested in building a system, I love it. But typically, no, I thought that 
you had to serve, you had to put in this um, grunt work. Let's imagine if, if for me, if I was a bricklayer who laid really good bricks, but my passion was making art, that's what engineering is. It's bricklaying, like steady, slow and steady. I don't like this, right? This is not what I was born to do, but I was good at it. And um, I held a job at it. Love it, man. So you, you alluded that, you know, it almost sounds like you have multiple businesses. Mm -hmm. So you have a wholesale business, mm -hmm. you now have SDR portfolio. Is that the two main things that you're focused on? Um, yeah, th those are two big ones. I have a coaching business with Noah. So Noah and I travel, we coach. Love it. Um, I feel like I have more. What else do I have? <laughs> Perfect time to plug them. Yeah. I, so this is, this is probably the time I own a cannabis company. Oh, nice. So we, wow. we uh, make high-end edibles uh, in the East Coast and the West Coast. So they're doing really good. We're called Georgetown Kush Cakes. Awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not a user myself, but um, I, the people I've partnered with are incredible. They're incredible. So I, I have that. Um, I also have like, uh, I have like multiple businesses in the wholesaling business, right? I've got like uh, my wholesaling team where we generate our own leads. And then I have another department in that where we um, uh, JV with people, people bring us leads and we close them. I have different fix and flip operations, which are one-off partnerships with different people. So like within real estate, I have multiple, you know, Makes businesses. Sense. Exactly. Out of all of those businesses and those endeavors, those partnerships, what are you most excited about right now? That's a really good question. My wholesaling business. Wholesaling business. I, so like for, for me, like what makes me excited about that is like 80% of my sales reps in my wholesaling business have other full-time jobs or part-time jobs. And my goal for them is to get them out of those jobs so they can be doing real estate full-time. This is the most exciting thing for me. I want to retire all of my people out and their jobs are not like cushy jobs. I had a cushy engineering job. Their job, like Ralph, one of my guys, Ralph, one of my best closers, he is a inpatient physical therapist. That's a hard job. Tough job. Very tough job. Most of his patients are grossly overweight. Um, and he has to lift them. He has to clean them. He like gives them sponge baths. I mean, it is a very, very tough job. Gives him, uh, it, it satisfies his sense of service because he's that kind of man. And it also breaks him every day. Every day there's something in that job where he's dealing with, you know, maybe a patient dying or lifting something lifting 400 pound man he wants to leave yeah. but he, he has no way to leave and we've given him a way out because he's closing deals he's making money and i've give, i found a path for him to now be able to switch to a job where he can work from anywhere in the world he gets to travel with his wife he gets to work with the laptop and the phone anywhere he can literally travel have an airbnb business go to different cities and close deals on the phone and make more money than he's ever made in his life. And I want to give this to each of my people. Man, I Amazing. love that. Like what are you looking for when hiring someone? Like if someone wants to join this team, I mean, cause this sounds like incredible, you know, if I was Ralph, I'd be like, let's go. You know? <laughs> he's happy. So like, to the like, what are you looking for in an individual? Like, is it experience? Is it a, a, a you know, personality trait? Uh, what are you looking for? This is, this is a tough question to answer because 
like I look for a mix of talent and everyone's got a little different talent. Like Ralph's talented, talented at connecting with sellers and people. He's, his rapport is so good, but his, every, every one of my sales reps has a different talent. So I look for some talent. There must be some underlying talent somewhere. Sure. Even if it's just a personality of just generosity or just a warmth in their demeanor, but there must be something special about them. And they must have incredible work ethic. They have to, they have to match my work ethic. This is like a must. And, and they must have a sense of loyalty. Not to me, not, not to me. Yeah, it'd be great to me, but just in their life, this must be a virtue they have because I want people who are loyal to their family, to their coworkers, who have a sense of responsibility to the team. This is incredibly important. People without a sense of loyalty, I cannot work with. Yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping. You know, something like that, where it's just like, hey, this is, you can't compromise with this mm -hmm. one thing. Loyalty. Loyalty. Man, I love that. Yep. Love that. Love that. Um, let's see. So Airbnbs, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, that's kind of how this, this show started off. You know, or Lee was, you know, heavily involved and in, in influenced with short-term rentals. Um, you guys have six or seven right now of short-term rentals? more. I think we bought a five unit. Okay, Didn't so 12, 12. 12 now. <laughs> They're not live. All, all, I sure, think sure. only a handful are live right now. But yes, we're... So um, where are the six that are live right now? Where are those got? Where so those? The, we have two in Baltimore, Maryland okay. that are live. We have one in uh, Deer Park, Texas that's live. One in Kaufman, Texas that we actually decided to just sell that one because we had equity in it. Um, and then we have, I have two in Phoenix that are live. I'm living in one. It's a, that one's an arbitrage. So, um, there's a fun story to that one. I, f I figured out how to live in Phoenix for free by calling a landlord, uh, directly asking him to sign a three-year lease with me. And he has a, a main house with a pool and a small studio and to let me rent the whole thing out. And I live in the studio in Phoenix and I rent out the main house and it wow. makes me money Genius, to live bro. there. Mark. I get paid to live. That's awesome. I, I decided to do this after I quit my W2 because I barely had any money when I resigned. And where'd you reside uh, before you moved to Phoenix? In DC. Okay. And remember that condo I told you about in the beginning of this interview, um, that condo I bought, right? Sure. The one with yeah. the second mortgage on it to pay the bills. That condo is now an Airbnb. Okay. So that's my DC Airbnb. Noah manages all of them. Noah's incredible. Um, I know you had him on the show earlier. Yep. He manages even my units. And that that DC condo, now it's an investment. Remember in the beginning yeah, of this, right? this podcast, it wasn't. Now it's an investment. It's generating, it's paying both mortgages and making me money. Yeah, it's an asset. Now, now it's an asset. Now yeah. it's an asset. Exactly. There you go, bro. Love that. So, assets only. Assets only. Awesome, man. Well, this, um, we're starting to get a little bit closer to the end of the show. Mm -hmm. um, Aiden, you want to pop yep. off some of the, you know, formal questions that we Absolutely. Have? So you've already given so much knowledge, but for someone just starting off, you know, what would be your advice for them wanting to get into the short-term rental game? This is a good question. Find one skill set in the short-term rental business that you can get good at and master it. Just one thing. Get really good at this. And 
that can even be connecting people, right? You know how there's people who are really good at just like who, not how, which is they can find the other players and make That's something, important. which is, which Very is important. that in itself is a skill set, but whatever the skill set is, whether it's property management, whether it's finding deals, whether it's raising private capital, whatever it is, get really good at one skill set and master it. And you will always have opportunities. Love it. Love that. And then why short-term rentals, right? There's so many avenues of real estate. I know you're involved in wholesaling, but mm-hmm. what made you hone in on short-term rentals? The cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's great, man. Like I I actually wanted, it's funny. I wanted to, when I joined Sub2, I wanted to partner or do deals with Noah Hoffman. And way before he even knew who I was. And I wanted to do Airbnbs because of the cash flow. But when I joined and I was new, this is a tip for new people. Don't go to somebody seasoned without offering something of value first. Don't go to somebody seasoned and go, hey, can I pick your brain? Can you help me? Can you do? Of course they will. But the thing is, Noah Hoffman, JB, you guys don't have much time, right? You have your own businesses, your own obligations, and you want to help, but your time is limited. And if you're giving somebody free time, that means you're taking time away from your family or away from your business partners. So you're stealing time from people who've helped you in their ways to give to somebody else. So don't go to somebody like JB or Noah and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? I didn't do that. What I did is I, I worked on that one skill set, which was talking to sellers. And then I brought Noah a deal. I brought Noah a deal and he was very interested. He's like, oh, cool. And I said, do you want to partner with me, Noah? And he's like, yeah. He said, Manif, but I don't have the cash. Do you have the cash for this deal? I said, no, but I can bring it. And I brought the cash. I brought the private money. I found a private money lender to fund that deal. I just wanted to partner with Noah. We did the deal. That that property, I think, grosses anywhere between eight to eleven thousand dollars a month. Wow. wow, amazing! That's incredible. And after we did that one deal, we were like, "Let's do ten more." And that's how our partnership started. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you connected the dots. You brought the private money. You added tons of value to someone like Noah. It makes a lot of sense. Inspiring, bro. So you're in a bunch of markets. How do you go about selecting a market for short-term rentals? That's a that's a great question. I just asked Noah. <laughs> smart man. <laughs> no, Larry, Noah is a smart man. The experts. <laughs> He's the king. Who not how? Exactly. Nope. I, this is like su- such a philosophy of mine. It's like I don't have to learn. Like like I still do that one thing. My still my skill set has always been people. Talking to sellers, getting good at closing is not sales. It's humans, right? It's mm-hmm. how can I network? How can I build relationships? How can I communicate effectively? This is the one thing I've learned to master and I'm on the road of mastering. So I'm actually not very good at real estate, right? I'm not. I just work with people who are. And that's my skill set. That's what I bring to the table. That's my upfront contract with my business partners. Finding deals, money, or human resources can all be boiled down to finding people who have those things. And that is my who noah hoffman love it yeah amazing so the last formal question where do you see yourself in the next five years you know from 2019 until now you've scaled an incredible amount and so how are you going to be moving in these next few years i actually actively um decided not to plan i'll tell you why i have noticed in my journey this past year 
I've had to constantly break limiters. I've had these limiters I've put on myself that I'm constantly breaking. For example, not being able to quit my W-2 until five years from now or not being able to um, own an Airbnb by the end of the year when I got three. So I've decided why even place limiters on the first place? I don't want any. I don't want, I don't want to even touch the concept of a plan because I will break it. So I don't have one. Yeah, that's incredible. Great answer. One last thing, man. You know, our show is called Blue Gems. It's all about, you know, education and, and dropping knowledge bombs, dropping gems on people. What do you want to leave with the audience? One last thing. It can be about real estate. It can be about management, mindset, anything about life, anything you want to leave. I would say this, since we were talking about limiters, I would say you have, if you're listening to this right now, this is, and I'm talking to myself too, you have limiters you've placed on yourself or other people have placed on you. Other people without your consent or permission have put on you and they must be broken. When something, when you see an opportunity or a possibility and somebody else is doing something you want to be able to do or making the money you want to make, if they can do it, you can do it. They're not special. Nobody in this world is special. I'm not special. You're not special. We're all human beings, so right? Do we know 100%. this? Absolutely. And therefore, if they can do something, if someone else can make millions, you can make millions. Whatever you want to do, you can do. The reason you cannot right now is because of the limiters. So must break them. Yeah. Man. Aiden Thank you so much. says it all the time. He says, why not me? Why not me? Yeah. So It can be. And it can be. Thank break, you so much. Break for them down, on. man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank really you. Appreciate you. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.